0: Welcome back to episode 16 of What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about the Netflix phenomenon that is about to get... The end of season four released, part two drops July 1st. That is Stranger Things. Let's go. We're going to be recapping a little bit of part one. We'll have some spoiler free conversations at the beginning of the episode about Stranger Things as a whole, favorite characters, stuff like that. But then the end of the episode will be dedicated into getting in a little bit more in depth into season four. So we'll let you know ahead of time, but I would recommend you not listen to that part if you have not seen the season and are planning on doing that. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Come on. So part one of season four came out a couple of weeks ago. David and I, I'm assuming both watched it in its entirety pretty rapidly after it came out. Just give me a one to 10 scale about how you're feeling. One being, I'm very disappointed by season four. This isn't the show I recognize at all. I did not like this. And 10 being, this is the best it could have possibly been. This is by far the best Stranger Things has ever been. I'm feeling
1: nine right now. Really? Yeah. I'm feeling good. What are you thinking?
0: I'm thinking like an eight and a half. Okay. Um, Eight and a half. I think it's really good. Uh, what, You know, we should give some clarity. Where one to ten, what would you rank Stranger Things as a whole, as a series, up until this season? So prior to season four, just to give people an idea of how much you enjoy the show.
1: Honestly, I had it at a nine out of ten. I thought... Okay. I thought... Um, I think coming off of season three and like th- what happened with, with Billy and just the, the emotions they put us through and the character development of many characters I, after season three, I was like, this isn't, I'm ready for season four. Like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so well done. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, oh, I'm so ready. Apparently. Yeah. According to IMDb, there's only two episodes in part two and the second one is two hours and 19 minutes long.
0: Yeah, so there's, they're essentially dropping two movies. Yeah. I would I would rate the first seasons one through three, I would put like an eight and a half mm-hmm. to nine. It's one of the most enjoyable television shows for me that's come out in in recent years. Um, I think that you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody that thinks Stranger Things sucks. There may be people that don't love it. There may be people that you know, think at times it's not great and it's a little too dark or whatever, but I I don't feel like it has that polarizing euphoria Riverdale kind of thing. Mm. It's just generally considered a very well-made TV show. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I've actually think that this show is at least with three and four part one has gotten better Mm. as it ages, um, which is not always the case. A lot of Mm. times shows are, Peak early, and that happens especially with Netflix shows because they cancel them early. But this one is their most popular, they canceling it. But yeah, I I really enjoy this. You mentioned it's one of the more enjoyable TV
1: shows you've watched. Like, where for you does this rank all time on your TV shows? Like, Oof. obviously this takes a while. So just kind of like a broad like, kind of gut reaction. Where where are you putting this?
0: Okay, let me think.
1: Um because it's also so, tough. I understand, like, we've not finished this. We're the ones on your uh, list you've finished and have enjoyed fully,
0: and, you know, so. Right. Well, and this is, I would I would even classify this as maybe one of my favorite active shows right up there with The Mandalorian, of, like, show that's still being made. Does that make sense? Because yeah. all, all of my other favorite all-time TV shows have, have ceased, you yeah. know? I don't think it's, it's not better for me than The, the West Wing, my favorite show of all time that's not better than game of thrones. Um, but I think if you're ruling out sitcoms, it's right up there for me. Now I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen breaking bad in its entirety and I haven't seen the Sopranos in its entirety. Um, I started the wire. I recognize it was great, but it wasn't for me. Um, I watched one season and kind of quit with that. So I, I I think it's just, it's really high. It's really high for me and especially the last couple of seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's super enjoyable.
1: And I had these questions later, but we can we're kind of on the subject. I'll ask this: Why, like, what about Stranger Things? Do you think has attracted so many different people and so many different age groups? Like, I feel like it's has any other show done that as well as Stranger Things has? Hmm.
0: I I don't know. I think outside of probably at this point outside of IP like Marvel and Star Wars, no. I don't think any show has attracted this wide a group. And I think it's because it has some of those qualities that those projects have, you know? It's it's a show that's made f- for adults, I think at times, but that children can understand easily. It's got characters that are relatable to everyone. you got the nostalgia factor for older people. Like my parents, I remember the first two seasons, they enjoyed it a lot because you know, of the 80s, and the nostalgia, and they could point out things, because they were kids in the 80s, like these kids were, and I think that, you know, when you're younger, you can relate to it, but I think it's just, it's an interesting premise, Mm. it's a super interesting premise, you know, it's a, it's a show about, kind of, essentially, an evil dimension, and a superhero,
1: yeah,
0: and, and that's really simplifying it, but it's such an interesting premise, and, you know, they bring the kids in with having child actors. It makes it relatable. You imagine yourself as a kid in these scenarios. Um, it's got kind of a standby knee-ish quality to it, mm. um, to where it's just indelible and, and you can relate to the, dis- even if you didn't live in that time period, you can relate to the decisions the characters make and the way that the children act. Mm. And yeah.
1: And I think something else, um, I just forgot. Well, I, I'll say something else. Like you, you mentioned the nostalgia of the eighties. I also think like Winona Ryder and and David Harbor. Like you have these actors, and like when my mom was watching, she's like, "Oh my gosh, that's Winona Ryder!" Like they they just did such a good job of picking that time frame. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think if you asked a lot of people today if they if they had to live in a time frame, they'd choose the eighties. Like that, I feel like everybody's always like, "Oh, if I lived in the eighties, it would have been so great," mm-hmm. you know. And that's mm-hmm. the time they picked with the funky colors and the. And 80s music that we're going to be playing for the next 50 years like you know I think they just hit the nail on the head of the time
0: period that they put this in yeah and this is another show that it captures the consciousness I think well but it's also a show that you have faith in that Netflix is going to continue Mm. a lot of times Netflix will drop a new thing everybody gets excited about it it trends people watch it for a weekend or something binge the first season netflix comes out six months later says they're not going to make a second you had faith that they were going to keep doing this and i think it just kept building because you know i i didn't watch the first season until season two came out Mm. because everybody was telling me it was a big deal and i was like i don't really i I looked at the promos wasn't super interested okay i'll give it a shot and of course i watched the first two seasons in a day but you know i think that's how this this show builds yeah you know, you recommend it to people who haven't jumped on it yet. And they're like, nah, but it's so bingeable that they get started. And they're like, all right, I'm just going to finish this. Yeah. You know, I think
1: it's when a studio, when directors can find like promising children actors, I think it can blow up significantly for them. I like I'll Mm -hmm. reference like Harry Potter, like they hit the nail on the head of these three actors they picked and for seven mm-hmm. movies, they stuck with these three actors. And I think, mm-hmm. same thing, like they, they casted so well and they stick together. And, you know, by season four, these actors just have incredible chemistry and they're friends outside of the show. And it, it yeah, I would imagine it's almost not like they're acting. Like they're just, in, they enjoy being around each other. And when you have that um, on set, like it's, I, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an actor. I'd imagine it's just a lot easier to film and a lot easier to portray the show when you just enjoy being there and enjoy the the people you're around, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This show has not really had any of the, the controversy kind of stuff um, that some other, some other projects have had. There's not been a lot of like set problems or anything.
1: People leaving because um, they don't agree or this or that. Yeah.
0: Right. There hasn't been contract disputes. There hasn't been any of that. It seems like everybody genuinely wants to make this, but what you said is super important. And that finding child actors is not good. Not, 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 I don't wanna say not good, not easy to do. It's very difficult to find good child, believable child actors for things. Um, and then to stick with them, like you have to make a plan. They're kind of getting into this issue in seasons three and four where it's taken so long in between each season and kids grow up so fast that like if you look at screenshots of characters in one and four, and they're only supposed to be like three years apart from what they were in one, and they're clearly not, you know, that's kind of a problem. But I think, yeah, you have a solid core cast, a great idea, and it was the first major show to capitalize on streaming, I think. Hmm. It, you know, other shows have gotten big on streaming. A lot of people watch Game of Thrones on HBO Max. A lot of people watch The Office on Netflix. A lot of people watch Friends, a lot of this stuff. But this is the first show made by streaming that i think got super big for everybody on streaming house of cards was a humongous deal for netflix in the beginning uh but that was not a show that you were ever going to watch with your family Mm -mm. you know house of cards is not a family show this is the first family show to kind of capitalize on that uh and it's easier to get your family together to watch a show where you don't have to fast forward through commercials or be home at seven o'clock on a tuesday night you know, if you don't want to. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's what gives it such wide appeal.
1: Yeah, I think it's important you note that, like, the whole family can watch it. Cause I think, like, yeah, you mentioned House of Cards and even a show like Ozark, like, has this poll, but the whole family can't watch it. So, like, I feel like you just double in your numbers of people watching this show. Um, because it's, it's, you know, not too rated R, but it's still, like, not, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not cheesy, you know, but it's not like rated R, you know, they found this Mm -hmm. happy medium, and, you know, we're going to get into this later, but it gets a little more intense in season four, and I think we're noticing, like, as these kids are growing up, like, they're almost like, they're they're understanding the psyche of the kids, like, they can understand more and, and handle more, you know, so it's kind of getting more intense, and of course, we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, the
0: the show seems to be maturing with them, yeah, and the other, I think, the other thing that I'll say about the success of Stranger Things is it doesn't feel like network TV or a procedural. You know, you they have the benefit of streaming, of writing the beginning of the season and writing the end of the season exactly the way that they want to and never having to worry about getting canceled in the middle. You know, they don't have to worry about popping people with the first two episodes as much they did but they don't have to worry about that and i think it gives them a lot more freedom to kind of carry this and especially now the creators the duffer brothers have so much freedom because of how popular the show is they can write plot lines two three four seasons in advance because they know that it's going to be there it's the mm-hmm. it's the thing that we wish game of thrones would have done you knew everybody was going to watch it right ahead and they they seem to have done that they seem to have a clear plan for the way not just you know the plot of each season but the way that they want to develop these characters and that that to me is really cool yeah um so let's kind of get into
1: the the different you know our our personal opinions about different characters and and rankings and stuff let's actually start with like what your favorite character is your least favorite character and then who's had the best character development who do who's who are your favorite character and who's your least favorite i might know your
0: least favorite answer but you know my least favorite not, not everyone may not know that Okay. So let's do favorite first. I'm, I'm going to, I kind of want to do this where I mention a couple of people that are contenders for me and I'm going to pick one. Okay. Um, First Sheriff Hopper. I, I don't think that's an out of the ball take to say that Sheriff Hopper is one of the best ones. He's, he's a character that shows a lot of growth. Um, you know, he's the outsider that has to learn all this crap is going on, but then adapts to becoming the surrogate father for a lot of these kids. Um, and then just deepens his relationship with Elle and makes, you know, a lot of sacrifices and stuff. So I really like him. Steve is another character who went from, I hate you, you're a D-bag in season one, to if they kill Steve off in the show, I'm going to be emotionally scarred. (laughs) Um, because you like him so much uh, and then I i think some new additions I like Max a lot and I like Robin a lot I think both of them sometimes when you introduce new characters like that you can ruin the chemistry with the other people in the group and I don't think they did that I think that um, both of those characters Max added in season 2 and Robin added in season 3 enhanced the relationships with other people and created great and interesting plot lines rather than hindering and being a kind of side quest. And I thought that they were great additions. Mm. Um I'd say overall my favorite character is Steve though. I think Steve is the funniest person. He's the one that gets the most comedic lines and he's the one that showed the most growth for me over the series. Um you know, and I think that that means a lot, but yeah, I I think Steve's my favorite. What about you?
1: Okay. I I I kind of do the same thing. I'll give kind of cuz it's hard I feel like. I think there's like there's a handful that's like, man, I don't know if I can choose. I think Hopper's the same. Hopper and Steve are on that list for me. Mm. Um for for some of the re- same reasons. Just I love the way Hopper like kind of without question just adopts this role of like no nah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to be the father for these people. I'm going to care for um Oh my goodness. writer? mm Mhm. What, what I can't remember her Joyce Joyce Wow I'm literally rewatching it right now, uh, <laughs> Joyce yeah, okay. the way he cares for Joyce. Joyce and, um. Yeah and Steve and I'll I'll mention Dustin he's on there too because their relationship mm. is just second to none it's just so funny, um but I think Robin and Bob, uh
0: mm. I think also make the list for me. Um, Can you remind people who, who Bob is um, so. For those that probably haven't seen the earlier seasons in a while.
1: So Bob came out, I think, if if I'm remembering correctly, Bob Strictly is in season two. He starts yes. immediately, uh, and him and him and Jace get into a relationship. Joyce. Get Joyce. into a relationship. Uh, he went to high school there uh, and works at the Radio Shack. And, um, you know, he is kind of nerdy, kind of goofy. He mentions he was bullied, so he can relate. And he, he, he mentions that he relates to Will in that capacity because... You know he was laughed at he was um knocked over stuff like that and uh second to last episode of season two right he's already obviously been exposed to this and kind of understands what's happening um they are in hawkins lab if if you know you all remember and right he thinks mm-hmm. he he breaks free and locks the dogs out as dustin calls them and uh he gets attacked from the side and morbidly kind of ripped to shreds uh right actually in front of joyce and uh and that that was actually pretty hard to
0: watch it's probably one of the three most emotional moments in the entire series
1: yeah they do a beautiful like slow-mo of it of him just getting destroyed and like joyce just screaming and hopper like all like all the pain on his face grabbing joyce because they got to go because they're gonna die if they don't go you know Mm -hmm. um so that's that's bob and uh he was just so good to Joyce, I think, and he was so good to Will, and really, he's kind of helped them get along in season two. Like, he figured out what the paths that Will was drawing, what that meant. He figured out a lot of stuff just because he was mm-hmm. so smart. But all that to say, man, I, I was gonna say Steve, I really was, and then you said Steve, because I just you can start <laughs> just because we both agree doesn't mean it's wrong. He's just, he's just so funny, and him and Dustin's relationship is just so funny to me like i'm, exa- I'm an exa- kind of a dramatic person like if their relationship might be my favorite that i've seen in a tv show together like the mm-hmm. way they bounce off of each other and the way they t- mess with each other and talk with each other mm-hmm. like it's just so perfect and uh, the script writing yeah. the two actors themselves have just done such a good job with that because especially like in season three right now with dustin uh steven robin it's just so fun to see them just going back and forth. So I think for mm-hmm. me, Steve, Steve's my favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I
1: don't. I, sorry, I'm just, I'm, oh, man, Steve. Uh, after, like, watching re-watching season one, I don't think he was ever a terrible person. I think he was with the wrong crowd because pretty quickly oh, yeah. he begins his friends to sucked. yell at his friends. So, like, yeah. I would I would argue, that, I mean, yeah, he was still kind of a D-bag, but I think it's because it was who he's with. I don't think he was ever at his core like one of those yeah bad people, you know, those so
0: it's just the way that he treated Jonathan in those first seasons kind of rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. Um and how possessive that he is over Nancy and then mm-hmm. you know, he eventually grows from that. But yeah, I mean we love character development. Um I think that the show though is unique in that the characters that you're supposed to like, you like them all. Like I there's not aside from one, which I will name there's not a person like in the main core of characters that I hate. Like I, we didn't, neither one of us mentioned, you know, Nancy, we didn't mention, Will. we didn't mention Jonathan. We didn't mention Lucas when talking about our favorite characters or even L, but we don't hate any of those oh, characters. Absolutely not. You know, like I don't feel like any of them are annoying me, but the one person that does annoy me, Nathan, who's your least favorite char- character. I hate Mike. I have hated Mike. From the very beginning, Mike has always been complaining. Mike has always been selfish. And at the end of every season, he's supposed to learn this lesson about how that's not how he's supposed to act. And the beginning of the next season, he inevitably acts the same damn way. He (laughs) treats Elle like crap. He treats Will like crap. He treats Dustin like crap. He treats Lucas like crap. And then he gets mad at them for doing the exact same things that he constantly does. Mike is so annoying. I won't, I I have had this take since the beginning, and I am sticking to it because apparently the people, the Duffer Brothers, have decided that they would like for me to not like Mike, and that's fine because I don't. I do not like Mike. Finn Wolfhard, fantastic actor, portraying the character he's supposed to portray. Hate that character. Hate him. Dang.
1: Wow, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think. Like before, you went on that tangent about Mike. Poor Mike. Uh, I agree with you because like I'm sitting here and it is kind of tough to think about like a character my least favorite character without just going right to Mike you know like I'm trying okay who else do I really think about like, it do I not like and it's like I don't know like
0: I mean like obviously the villains right you don't like Papa uh, of course um and you don't like I think I think people have swung too far the other way on Billy let's not forget that Billy's racist. Okay. Let's not forget that Billy is a bad person who made a good decision at the end, but was in totality terrible and abusive, not only to everybody around him but to his little stepsister as well. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to come up with a character that you hate because you hate some of these at the beginning, and then you're like, Nah, frick it. I, mm-hmm. I love this person. You know.
1: I will say though, like, I I do. I have a. I, there is a part of me that has that hate relationship with Mike, but I think I have a love hate relationship with Mike. Cause like rewatching it, I'm at, I'm at like four episodes, episode four of season three. Like, he does something. I'm like, Mike, what are you doing, man? But then like everyone else leaves and he stays behind with Will and he talks with Will. Or like, mm. I'm, Mike does. I'm like, Mike, what are you doing, man? And then he like just encourages Elle and like it's like, I mean, he isn't a te- he is a teenage boy, a hormonal teenage boy. But like he does something, I'm like what are you doing? And then he does like, he talks to Will, and he or he's honest with Will, or he does this, or it's like, mm-hmm. man, it's just back and forth of like. But I can see why he's still your least favorite because in season four that doesn't change. It's still up and down, up and down. And I think you're like, dude, right? It grow feels up like and make this actual decisions that you need to make that
0: are healthy for the people around you. You know, it it feels like there's these little conflicts for Mike throughout every season and that he never, his character never learns from it because he goes back, he reverts to kind of the same sort of behavior. And I feel like the rest of them, it's not to say that they're all perfect people. They all have problems and they all, you know, make each other mad and stuff. But I feel like Mike is the character who learns the least from the past mistakes. You know, he learned in season two and three that Will has a really tough time, Mm -hmm. you know, and needs a lot of help and that Will is a person that, that needs a strong friend group because he felt like he was left out in the dark, and the stuff that he's been through is really difficult. And then the beginning of season four, it seems like Mike com- completely forgot that. Hmm. And the thing that he is focusing on, he's not doing a good job because the he's, pardon my French, half-assing his relationship with Elle as well. So yeah. I don't, He just frustrates me eternally. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. He, he is he's a teenage boy, so I guess he's doing his job. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I was. I'm sure I. Fr- frustrated the other people eternally when I was a teenager and probably still do now yeah so. but like think like non-mainstream
1: characters I think Billy Billy's in Max's dad um they're the oh Max's dad I think is arguably you're the, he's the reason Billy is abusive like if like he's the most hateable person on the show and I don't think it's close and that's something that's so tough for me is like man I can't stand Billy and then you see that room scene and you like almost get emotional because you're like dang like he yeah. is the way he is because his dad like verbally and physically beats him, and it's like it's, it's a tough scene to watch. And I, mm-hmm. it's interesting that they put that in there. It's like that's like why Billy is the way he is. I mean, to yeah, I said extent. Mike. You know,
0: I said Mike. I think that uh, Max is and Billy's dad is clearly the worst like person, pretty much. I think he might even be worse than Papa, who imprisoned children. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how sucky that guy is. But I think Mike of the main core is the worst. But also, it's Billy's responsibility to stop the cycle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's not a good excuse for, I was abused, so now I get to abuse other people. Yeah. That's not really how you're supposed to do things. So. And especially, like, yeah. a senior
1: in high school, like, a- any earlier you can understand, but, like, now he's any older, like, okay, you got to start kind of developing your own, you know? Yeah. And, and I will say, if, if I if I can't choose Mike, you, oh, no. you, you may not like this decision. I don't know. My character, if, if I can't choose Mike, it may be Lucas. Really? Because, like, re- yeah. wa- re-watching it, I just find myself, like, when there's drama in the group, I feel like Lucas is the one that starts it. Mm. Like, the complaining or the yelling at yelling at L or this or that, like, Fair. I always feel like it stems to Lucas. I'm like, my brother in Christ, <laughs> we, we didn't have to have this fight. Or we didn't have to do, you know what I mean? Um, and he's not my least favorite character Because again, we talked about this They're all likable So it's not like Oh, he's number six on the list He's the worst Like, yeah. he, I still enjoy his character But I just feel like a lot yeah. of the time If there's an issue, an argument, drama It's like Lucas was kind of at the root of that
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that um, I think I, I, I've had that feeling too as well. Mike is just that and more for me. Yeah, yeah. Um. Somebody we forgot to mention with favorite characters that I should have brought up that I can't believe I didn't. The pure fuel, little... pure fuel guy. Pure fuel. Season no. two. You remember that? Yeah. I just but, watched that. But absolutely not. No, it's Erica Sinclair. I think is one of the oh, funniest characters right. in the entire show. <laughs> She's got this catchphrase, just the facts. Whenever she says something, really I forgot weird. about her. You, I mean you, I'm a Levy you ball bastard <laughs> like, she's so funny all the time and again I think that they you know that it's another thing they've built her up to be much more prominent in these later seasons which I like uh, I like how they as well keep and developing they, and her. they do that yeah and they the characters that don't get killed they normally develop I think probably who we should agree consensus worst though is the parents in this show what are these people doing dude Mike's dad you know, what are,
1: might be the worthless <laughs> f- sack of meat I've ever seen on, on this TV screen. He's doing he nothing. nothing. He's just sitting in a chair. Oh, it's funny. Like, I like how they over-exaggerated that just for, like, comedic oh, relief because yeah. he's absolutely
0: so wor- worthless. It is so funny. I think his most reoccurring line is just yelling to his wife, where's our kids? Yeah. Like, they're at Will's. Oh, they're at Will's. Like, the parents in this show just never know what's going on yeah that, i like how they're oblivious my, my mom loves this show but she cannot stand the parenting to the point where she gets angry if they watch it too much in a row and she like i guess the just reoccurring thought in her brain every time she watches stranger things is where are the parents where are their parents where are their parents where are their parents the how would they time. not know how would they not know how, yeah how. yeah like she's like how do you not know where your kid is How is your kid fighting off a demon and you're unaware? Like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? So, Although, Joyce is pretty B.A. Oh, yeah. People think she's crazy. That is
1: actually a pretty beautiful moment. In season one, people think she's crazy and then Hopper, like, walks in her room after seeing it. And, like, you can just, like, when they look at each other, like, they both understand, like, you were right. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Will's alive. Like, I -hmm. think that's a pretty cool moment, but... Yeah, yeah. Joyce Hopper, is about the only. Parent Hopper that's and like,
0: Joyce are the only good parents, and Hopper is, you know, surrogate parent, uh, but still a parent, obviously. But they're the only good ones. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Um, wow,
1: that's fun. I think kind of one that I've been excited for, and it's kind of it's kind of how you know if a TV show is really, really, really good or not. Like, obviously, with the who's the best character development we've seen? Because if there's no character development, it's like. Where's the show going, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think some of the greatest TV shows that you can think of have had some pretty special character development between specific characters. So I'll ask you, who do you think has had um, kind of the best uh, character development so far? I think it's probably
0: Steve for me. Um, I, I think he just steps up so much in in the later seasons. But I think an underrated pick is L. You know, I think we take for granted in the show how little exposure to the outside world Elle has. And that's kind of made apparent through the beginning of season four and at a lot of other points uh, throughout the show. But like Elle is a person that went from cold and standoffish and scared of everything. Couldn't really like,
1: talk. Cause you didn't to know English. Freak and couldn't
0: <laughs> talk to like a person who's become attached to this group. And like, I think it, one of the most touching moments of season four, is like just a blink and you'll miss it thing but it's whenever joyce is talking on the phone with someone and they're asking like how many kids do you have and she says oh i have three kids like just list Mm l like without even thinking like it's just, you know that's great and i think l had to learn the most how to be around people and her development when her relationship with hopper and you know the way that she changed from being like I don't want to say animal, but that's kind of she was animalistic in the first season because that's how she was treated. She was treated like an animal, like a test subject, like a guinea pig. Yeah, and she had to develop and change that to become a whole her whole own person, who is also the savior, you know, in the show. Yeah. So I think that I've seen a lot from her in that, and that continues a lot through four as well.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree, Steven L. Um, I. I think one, and uh, he's, he's dead, but I think, honestly, I think Billy had some pretty, I still think he had some pretty special character development, Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'm just remembering the sweeter moments, and I'll, obviously, I'm in the middle of season three, so I'll see, but Mm -hmm. like, seeing the first part of season three, he's about as mean as they come, and uh, just for him to, I think even despite him being just taken over, and like, him willing to sacrifice himself, I think speaks volume because I think mm-hmm. even, I don't know, without character development, like despite him being just, you know, taken over and just in this terrible state with this monster and stuff like that first part of season three, sti- like Billy, I don't think he's sacrifices himself. Like when he mm-hmm. goes into that house asking where Max is and it's, you know, it's Steve, it's Dustin, Lucas, Will and Max at, in in uh, the buyer's home, like he goes in there and he puts Lucas up against the wall. Like he may beat him to death. Like he's a mean person. And I think for them, for them to come around and like, at the end, like, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he like looks at Max and like says something to her and then like sacrifices himself. I think that's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I'm glad the show did that. I'm glad there was some there was some come around to his like character. Um, but I mean, you're right, right? You can't just completely dismiss everything he's done. But I do think mm-hmm. it's special like that he was
0: able to like recognize that. Mm-hmm. I think another underrated one that we didn't mention is Nancy as well. Nancy in season one, the picture that we get, she's obviously very intelligent from the from the outset, but she's a person that does not care about her brother really. I mean, she loves him in the way that you have to love your sibling, but doesn't want to be around him. Definitely hates his friends. Mm. um, And is kind of comfortable with going with the flow. Um, And I think with, with the relationship with Steve is, is a picture of that. And then, you know, throughout the season, especially in two and three, she's kind of the pioneering force behind figuring stuff out and three, she's the reason they get answers to a ton of questions. Mm. You know, yeah. And she works
1: with the Hawkins Post, and she starts just literally going around and interviewing people and finding out yeah, what's going and,
0: on. And in Ford, yeah, she's just taken that even a step further. She's kind of taken the lead of like, I will be in charge. I will help everyone. And she's especially grown in like recognizing that a lot of the parents of of the little kids are not good. Like her parents are not good. Lucas's parents seem absent, and Dustin's mom is like over possessive. But I'm crazy. <laughs> Yeah, essentially, and, you know, she, she recognized that and also helps step into that role as well and be a leader for the kids, I think is really cool. Going from the picture we get at the beginning is, is kind of this selfish, intelligent person whose entire thought is, I got to get out of this town. I got to get away from all these people. I hate it here. Yeah. Um, to, like, making the sacrifices to try to save everybody. So, yeah. And, like and also the chief weapons expert. I mean, everybody else uses blunt objects and Nancy's always just like got a gun ready to go
1: (laughs) yeah which is great although Steve with the little swivel the bat every time they're about to fight is kind of sick too yeah but yeah I think this kind of speaks to this the the just how they've done this show is because like while we're talking about this I can think of two other characters who have developed well like they've just done so well developing their characters but they've not made annoying characters because every show has to have an antagonist like no they've had likable characters that are supposed to be likable and the actors have still had chemistry despite the new Mm -hmm. additions Mm -hmm. like i mean on i i don't know if they've i think maybe one thing they haven't handled well in the entire four seasons was kind of the one random episode where she went off but
0: yeah the season two
1: But then if you're looking at that, that's the reason she was able to unlock her whole powers when she started moving the train and being taught Mm -hmm. that. So you could even argue like that was actually important to Elle. So it's like they just keep making decisions that are like just seem right for the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that felt weird, like mutant X-Men ripped off storyline that they did in season two I didn't like. But yeah, I would agree. And I think that another thing, and we've talked about this before, is that we think that I think we're both of the opinion that the show is key this show keeps getting better. And I think part of that is for the writing and obviously the budget CGI is more, but a lot of it is the show hinges on child actors that are growing up and now just becoming better actors. Mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown is just a better actor than she was in season one. So was Finn Wolfhard, you know? And that's what the show hinges on is a lot of these child actors giving believable performances and they were by no means bad in season one, but they're only getting better. And I think it, it allows them to portray the nuances of the characters better than if you know, they, they stayed stagnant. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, um, awesome. I think really before we kind of move on to this, the spoiler part, I think it'd just be kind of fun. Let's like to rank our seasons. One, two, three, and four, uh, part one of four, obviously, cause part two hasn't dropped yet. Um, mm-hmm. so that could change after July. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but what is, what is your ranking
0: of the four seasons, um, so far? So, as it stands with the continued quality, like assuming that the part two of season four is as good as part one of season four, I would say three, four, one, two for me. Um, three, I four, like one, one, two. Okay. Yeah. So, three is my best. Two is my worst. Again, worst doesn't mean it's terrible, but, mm-hmm. you know, two does have that episode that we've already talked about, that arc that I didn't really like. Um, but I think that. 3, a lot of people didn't like, and I guess they feel like it jumped the shark, but I think they just did a smart way of making the story bigger and better without cheapening it um, with the whole Russia angle, and I think they've continued that in 4, but, you know, the original is the original, but for me, 3 was when they, the best job melding new characters with existing uh, characters and existing plot lines and ramping up the action in a believable yet exciting way
1: hmm. yeah uh, I think for me mine would be 4312 um, mm-hmm. and like kind of when we talked about doing this last week to now I've been thinking like man why why is one so low because it really is so good but I think it's just like not that it was bad but like they've just had more b- the graphics are better because they've had a better budget the right the actors are improving as they're aging as as you Mm -hmm. talk about uh chemistry's uh getting better between the actors so um yeah i think which we have i gotta wait but with season four what they've done um i i just you know me i like intense things i kind of i don't like dark movies but i do like dark movies um and i think you what do you mean you don't like dark movies that's all you like so like the way it's taken this angle of like I mean, yeah, it's still a kids' show almost, but like, it's getting intense, and I, I love the intensity, and I love how it's like, um, not some middle schoolers, you know, stumbling into this world. It's like, it's like, it's turned into a full-on war, and I kind of like, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping. I I don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm hoping this part two is just pretty extraordinary in, in what they do mm-hmm. with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shall we get into spoiler talk?
1: Yeah. So here on out is spoilers. We're gonna be you know, Band-Aid Ripped talking about season four. So if you haven't seen it, um, I would advise you to tune off. If, if you haven't seen it and you don't care, please continue watching. But uh, for those who haven't watched season four, thank you for listening.
0: But let's get into it. All right. So the first thing, and we talked about this already, is that the Duffer Brothers have come out in multiple articles and said that they had the villain of the season, Vecna, Planned from the very beginning. Blows my mind. That they always had this plan with uh number one uh kind of the first of the super powered children I guess um, to come through and be the overarching and overarching villain for the show and there's even like clock hits and stuff that are happening. now I don't know if the duffer brothers did that part intentionally or that was accidental but you know this it's kind of it's kind of insane how they've planned this out so much. Yeah, it is.
1: And honestly, to answer that question about the clocks in season one, like when Will's running, it's there's a grandfather clock ticking the exact same grandfather clock that you hear in season four. And I think that's just mm-hmm. beautiful. And like something that Sophie, sorry, sorry, my fiance pointed out when that very f- opening scene, when Will is in his home, the lock Right, unlocks from the inside like Elle has done. She unlocks the house from the inside mm-hmm. and it falls and the lock undoes and the and the door comes in. Mm. A Demogorgon can't do that. So mm-hmm. the theory in season one is that Vecna kidnaps Will because a Demogorgon can't undo the inside chain lock and flip the lock. Elle has the only person that can do that and now we see in season four that Vecna is the only person that can do that. So now there's like mm-hmm. that theory of like okay, if if it wasn't L that kidnapped Will, Vecna was the one that undid that lock, you know, and and kidnapped him. So it's just like different stuff like that. It's like, you know, if they've had this plan from the beginning, is that such a crazy theory, you know? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, I think even if they didn't have it planned from the beginning, they could be doing a George Lucas approach and going back and connecting things to make it more enjoyable, which I don't Mm. think is necessarily bad. You know, it's obviously kind of cooler if they had planned all this from the beginning. But even if they didn't, if they went back and and looked through all their stuff and were like, "Oh, we'll put this little hint in season four, and we'll put this and show this because that'll be the comment culmin- people will go back and watch seasons one and two and realize that this connects." And so, yeah, I think that that's true. The question that I have is, they say they've been planning Vecna from the beginning. So, do you think they vanquish him? Do you think they they beat Vecna in? this end of part four because we do know that it's season five is already been slated and it's going to be made so do you think they beat Vecna or do you think he comes back and is still the main villain in the fifth season I think he comes back because uh, honestly I thought I for most of
1: my viewing of season four I didn't think there was a season five I thought this was it and um I, I think if they kill off Vecna now they may have a plan but I think they kind of dip into like all right, the bucket's kind of getting empty. Like what else can we do? You know what I mean? It's like k- it's killing the Night King and then going to kill Cersei. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, stop. Why did you bring that up?
0: Man. Had to.
1: But so I think I think we see a pretty intense battle and I think y'all are going to hate to hear this. I think we might see one or two faithful characters die in the end of season 4. And yeah. I think Vecna comes back and we we find out in season 5 what happens. I we're someone at least one person's going to die from the original group, I think.
0: They I can't go like, this
1: entire time without no one catching a blow or no, right?
0: I feel like we're losing Nancy or Steve. That's yeah. my opinion, especially with the way that they've been developing them in season 4 to kind of come back together and like fall for each other again almost. Mm-hmm. I think that Which one of them makes happens. the sacrifice to save the other one from Vecna. And I think it's Steve. I think Steve sacrifices himself for Nancy. And I think yeah. that we get, that Steve gets, it's killed. I I agree with you. I don't think, I don't see how there's any way they get out of here unscathed. It hurts, um, but
1: that's just who Steve is. Or for Dustin.
0: Like, Steve,
1: 100 out yeah, of 100 Steve times will 100% will put his life on
0: the line for, for Dustin. I or think, Robin, at yeah. this point. Or any of the kids, really. I think I mean, someone, he was ready to die for Max. I think
1: someone we might see also, Mike might get killed or might sacrifice himself. One of those characters I feel like this happens and sometimes in T V shows it's like Man I plan. Well like Mm. I don't know if I like him. Ah, and then he like does something like noble. Like he does something at the end. It's like Mm -hmm. dang. Like respect. Like That's possible. That hurts. Like I know I didn't like you but like that was really big what you just did. And I feel like we might get a moment like that.
0: I don't know, you Or or here's the other thought. Here's the other thought they have they don't kill anybody but they do the hopper thing. How did Hopper live? You know, we saw that, right? Mm-hmm. We saw how he lived. He got transported. I wonder if somebody gets trapped, and the Upside Down are transported, and they have to find them again. But I think you're probably right. I think they probably kill somebody off. Or like, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Man, that's tough. And I
0: think they think they beat Vecna, but I think there's like a last scene, like right before the credits roll on the season where like there's an evidence that he's there mm. and then five begins with them thinking everything is good. And then something happens and They're like, frick mm. he's back. Is that because repetitive they eventually, or you think that would be fine? I think it would be fine because they've never had a, like a big, bad last multiple seasons. That's true. Um, like in season one, it was really just like one Demogorgon essentially kind yeah. of, um, and then two was obviously the mind flayer. And three was, I don't even know what the heck you call that glob monster thing. It's almost like um, a mini mind flayer that got into the, the yeah, real world. But but like, yeah. So, and they've, all of those have been like vanquished, vanquished. Like they've killed them completely done. But I think Vecna is different. I think they, he stays and they keep him. And he is also the main villain of five because um, uh, they're kind of setting him up as like that i am the creator of all of the pain that you have felt from the upside down yeah like i'm the one that's been controlling this i've been tapping into this dimension so they would either have to do that or they would have to reveal somebody above him you know they would have to reveal a villain that is the overarching controller of the upside down in Hawkins because if they don't do that you know they yeah. it's not like they can go to Vecna and then go back to Mind flayer level. Dustin's, They've already Dustin's dealt with mother. That. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> she oh bless her soul. <laughs> um, I like how the people that made the It movie watched. I, I know that it's in the books. I know that the books have the same kind of mother for. I don't remember the kid's name. Oh, I don't. In It, it. Um, the one that you know was afraid to go anywhere. And I love how they watched that and were just like. Exact same mom. Let's just mm-hmm. pick her from Stranger Things and let's just throw her in that movie. It's not Marcus, it's, is it? It's the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't don't remember. I the only Stranger one I remember Things is up. Richie. The only one I remember is Richie because it's Finn.
1: Oh yeah. Um. I think y- you might agree with this. I think this season's been a little different than the last three. Um, and I think especially just in the like intensity aspect of it. Do you think that's better for the show, worse for the show? Are there other aspects that you like that they're doing different or don't like?
0: I think it's keeping me entertained. Yeah. Um, I like that they've dipped into horror a little bit this season more than they have in the past. You know, there was there were creepy elements obviously of season one and, and two, but I think they've just gone for straight up some straight up horror stuff. Um, and yeah, I like it. I like that they're experimenting different. So I messed think messed up stuff in season four. Dang, I yeah, wasn't expecting. Yeah, season season three felt like 80s sci-fi was their inspiration and now it feels like 80s horror is their inspiration um and you know i'm excited but i think that the switching up uh the ratcheting up the intensity uh, at a certain point which is why i'm glad they're only doing five at a certain point you can't right it's kind of the problem the ncu is having with in game is once you do in game it's kind of hard to imagine anything being bigger than that yep Yep. so you kind of lose it and that's why i'm glad they're ending it at five because they know that they can't keep yeah. you know driving the stakes up eventually it's going to get to a point where it doesn't make sense
1: all good all good tv shows come to an end
0: yes i know that
1: sounds really dumb but like they know when to end it and it hurts but unless you're in
0: cis and then they don't in that show but that's the only good tv show good.
1: that's the only good tv show that's never ended no, i'm kidding you could argue it's not good <laughs> Could. but you know what I mean, when like I all would. good t v shows have come to an end it's like that's that. i mean it's difficult, right you want to make money and you want the attention, but like mm-hmm. they know when to tie the you know tie the laces on the box to,
0: to end and there's it. there's some that don't do it well that draw it out too much
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's others that figure it out and do it at the exact right time yep. and I'm hoping that stranger things <laughs> is is the latter you know at this four kind of feels like a culmination so for five they're gonna have to do something insane and i think that they've talked about how they're gonna have to do a time jump because the actors are just simply getting too old now for it to be realistic like season so, five would be like five years later like they think every- because yeah because they probably won't start filming season five until late 2023 you know i know steve is 30 his the actors 30 years old <laughs> right which i just didn't know Right, and Dustin is now turned twenty. I think Millie Bobby Brown is eighteen. Um, you know, the ages of the adults don't really matter, but all of the kids, like Finn Wolfhard, <laughs> he's grown like three feet since the first season. I think know?
1: Will Will specifically too has like changed the most. Will, Will's kind of like completely different. Will's kind of
0: Will's kind of a little ripped. He looks like he's been in the gym yeah, in between on. three come and four, so. Yeah, I think they'll do a time jump, but I'm excited to see where this goes. Do
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you have any other thoughts, uh, either things that
1: happen in season four, or oh, I, I did want to ask, do you think the bowling is over the top on oh, the yes. screen, or do you yes. think that's yes. like kind of that can
0: be like okay that happens or that happens sometimes? This is the only thing that I've had a real problem with in season four, and that yeah, that's just like. Even if people are that mean, and they are, there's people that are that mean, they're not getting away with it like that. Like there's no way that girl can be like, no one cares about your dead dad in the middle of class. And the teacher will be like, guys, please stop. Like she's <laughs> and, out. And every single
1: person in the classroom, like, oh, that was funny. You yeah. Know? And
0: that's the other thing is like, I'm not saying everybody would immediately stand up and stop, but, and maybe my, school situation is very isolated, but there would never be a time where somebody would say some crap like that. And everybody in the school would be like, Oh, what a rose. you would be <laughs> like, why are you being a jerk right now? Like what, yeah. what are you doing? Shut up. Nobody wants to listen to you. So yeah, I think it's the cheap, it's the cheap way to like make you hate a character instantly. You know? I noticed that really
1: in this, in the roller rink. Cause yeah, okay. There's, there's only like 12 people in a classroom, maybe but there was like 40 people in the roller rink and every single one of them was like laughing at L. Like
0: I feel like it's like, yeah, okay, not that, everybody I don't know if that'd be the case. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's not, in my experience, and maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I think the bullying gets a little too over the top. Like you can make a character, which I think they didn't want to spend that much time in the school, which is why they had to make her like terrible quick. Yeah. Um, But you can make a character mean without doing crap like that. Uh, I, I, I think you'd just be like, take the Regina George route uh, would be my advice. Do the like clear fake thing where she's like, oh my god, Elle, that's a great story about your dad. That's so interesting. Elle doesn't understand sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Like she wouldn't pick up on that because she hasn't been around people for a long time. And then you have her flip the switch and be like, nah, and behind her back she's like, you're an idiot. That'll make you hate a character yeah. way more than I don't know. Yeah, it's over the top.
1: Of course, I, maybe I should ask my parents. Because right in the 80s, right, there wasn't as much like in the school i guess that's
0: true people just bully each other on the internet now they don't really do it in person
1: and so maybe in the 80s like maybe it was pretty bad because like there wasn't as much like uh yeah. you know uh, suicide awareness there wasn't as much like oh this mental is mental
0: health p- focus
1: and, cyber and bullying, bullying is and causing this. campaigns yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe yeah i can see that maybe it was that way i don't know but yeah some of that i'm like okay but then also you're like i mean now oh, you can hit her twice with that roller skate because yeah kind they know? wanted
0: us to be I I don't know if they wanted us to be like oh my god why would Ella do that I was like yeah dog I get it hit her <laughs> and it's better that l hit her with a roller skate than if she had her powers yeah well honestly El had her she, if she Ella may have had her, her, her powers yeah that girl's dead yeah so it's probably good that she just hit her with a roller skate um okay before we go the only other thing I want to mention from season four is whenever they are at the buyer's house in california and the evil military guys are breaking in that one shot of the one guard killing like five of them was some of the coolest action i've ever
1: seen in a tv show that was insane dude i forgot about that i was not expecting that i they literally open the door and the dude just gets shot point blank in the head and blood is everywhere i'm like what just happened
0: and then it's a full-on like yeah, he's like he's like shooting at guys down the hallway, and then he like gets the kids behind him, pops out, and all of this is one continuous shot. I was like, "What? Am I watching John Wick? That's what is wh- going on?" Yeah, I'm like, "This is insane choreography and insane action." Like, I was like, "What in the world?" They need to give me another one shot in this final in a Vecna battle or something. I need a Steve one shot of like him fighting off bats as he's running through a house. I don't know. It's yeah, something. Like, but that was that part was super cool.
1: Well, I think they do answer a question with that. It's like, okay, why is this still just in Hawkins, Indiana? Why is the U.S. not involved? Well, they did, and like they want L to, for whatever reason, yeah. you know.
0: They're trying to pretty much kidnap Elle. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: But yeah, I forgot about that scene, and yeah, I was I need to go back and watch it because I was just so caught off guard. That part was lit. This has been Stranger Things segment. Nathan.
0: Yeah. What you got? So. uh Again, I already said this in the other episode, but just in case you don't listen to episode 15, uh, we're doing a different format uh, right now that we switched to, and we're going to do two 30- to 45-minute episodes per week instead of one hour to hour and a half one, um, just because we often are talking about sports and then, like, movies or something, or movies, and then a completely different TV show, and it's kind of jarring sometimes, so we feel like it make more sense. Um, so we'll keep doing that. I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, probably – A summary of Kenobi and how we felt about it Uh, I know episode 5 was insane for me um, and I was so excited I'm so excited for this finale that's coming out Um, and maybe even some Miss Marvel stuff and by that point you know we'll be close to Thor love and thunder time Mm -hmm. so awesome well thanks for listening Uh, check out the Twitter page that's where we'll just kind of update
1: you on uh, when the episodes drop and on possible new ideas but uh, thank you all for listening
0: Bye.